Welcome to another episode. I believe this is episode 138 of WFS, the Will Ford Show. And we've got a guest joining me on Zoom, Andrew Price, who's not only a, a friend, but a brother. We worked together at Muskingum uh, for you know a long time, three years. And I, we've been through it all together in terms of just like calling sports games and uh, daily grinds with one another. But um now he has since graduated and now I'm a lone soldier at Muskingum for one more semester. But uh, how you doing, Andrew? Doing good, man. You are right. We have been in the battles in the trenches yes. going at war there in orbit media and just all those media things for sports and college. And I'm personally relieved to be done with some of it, but now I'm in the real world trying to get a job. Sports is hard and you get to kind of fall back on, going to school and being back in the grind. I'll be yeah, a little bit alone. It's such a competitive market. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's yeah. unreal. Like just the, the constant needing experience and everything here and there it's, it's tough, but again, just got to power through and keep going. Yeah. I, I will always remember the daily grinds that we had and the weekend, like weekend football games. I think we did every football game, my it would have been your junior year my sophomore year where we did we did the we would do the friday football games for john glenn and then the following day oh, yeah. i think you were calling the games for the stream and i was calling them on radio but we were both in the booth at, at the football stadium friday and saturday like all day long all night long doing football and yeah uh, yeah we, i always weekends remember practically, weekends practically didn't exist for us sometimes you know it's yes. just like it was all sports all the time when we but. did the tailgates too in the morning Oh yes. So it was, we were going to be early risers, getting up, getting things set up and then going all day at the football games. Like it, it was a grind for sure. And then, I mean, maybe my favorite experience at college was being able to go to Michigan. Yes. You and Jacob and, Taylor and all the, all the athletic com gang to cover the volleyball team. I think that was awesome. That, that was, that will hands down be number one, uh, you know, going, couple of days to Michigan and yeah, we were doing some work, but it was actually like more fun than anything. Oh, um, absolutely. Just hanging absolutely. out. Cause I think we, like we were, we were good friends already then, but I think we became even closer after that. Me yeah. and Jacob got yeah. a lot closer. Uh, and even I, I remember cam too, uh, but yeah, cam, cam graduated a year before you guys. So yeah, exactly. Um, but we got some sports to talk about, brother. We yes, summer we sports are in full flow, and uh, and we had the the NBA Finals right now, or two one with Phoenix on top of Milwaukee. The Stanley Cup just wrapped up a little bit ago, um, and then I mean we've always got some stuff to talk about in the NFL. I mean that's that's a full year conversation, always topics to to talk about with the NFL. But let's start out with the NBA Finals because the Suns are up two one on the Bucks, and I believe game four is tonight, but how are you feeling about the series so far? I think it's been fun, and it was brought up watching uh, the, the big channels, ESPN and Fox. They're talking about this finals is kind of weird because they're two small market teams, really, yes. when you think about it. They're not, they're not these superpowers that you usually see. Like even, even a Miami last year, that's still a pretty big market still, even though they're kind of riding the coattails off the big three coming together. Um, it's it's fun to watch. It's fun to have a little bit of a change of pace for seeing a team like Phoenix that historically isn't that great, seeing a team like Milwaukee who hasn't been great really, and now they're kind of rising to, to prominence with these young stars. Uh, 
and of course CP3 coming on board for the Suns. You know, I haven't been the most hardcore basketball fan in the last probably five years, but it, it's it's got me back into it a little bit. And although I'm a Magic fan and kind of I'm I'm going through the grind of a rebuild as a fan, yes. it's 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 still fun to see these smaller market teams kind of rise to power. Well, and Milwaukee's kind of been that team for a while where people have been wondering when they're when Giannis is going to break through because he's won back-to-back MVPs, but he's always you know fallen short in the playoffs. And and then he took out you know the team that everyone thought was going to win it all this year in the Nets, which granted they didn't have you know their full roster. Yeah. Like KD played and he was great, but Harden was out for I think like the first five games of the series, and then Kyrie was out for the last two games of the series. So. Uh, really, it was just, you know, the you know Giannis and the Bucks versus kind of KD and some injuries, but you still got to give them credit. They made it to the finals, and now I, I do think the Suns are a better team, though. Uh, I I think they're a better shooting team. Chris Paul is pr- like should have won MVP this year, honestly. But you could certainly make the case for it. The way he's kind of taken control and pushed that team over the hump. I mean, you looked at a team last year that was kind of carried by Booker, but there were there were kind of flashes of some rising stars like Aiden and all those guys. But, I mean, what he's been able to do there is phenomenal. It's it's almost t- like as a Buccaneers fan, you can almost relate it to like what Tom Brady did, where you take that roster and give them that final push and, and kind of get them over the hump. Yeah, well, I think the Suns were, what, like 10th or 11th in the West last year, and they hadn't even made the playoff or – Yep. Yeah, they hadn't made the playoffs in what eleven years or something like that. I mean, it had to be a long, maybe, maybe, yeah, longer. Maybe I don't it know. would have been, it's, it's you been know, dating back to sure. the Steve Nash days. Yes. So, yes. To, I mean, for Chris Paul to come in in year one and take a team that's, I think, the youngest in the NBA in terms of average age, or one of the youngest, maybe. Uh, they have to know, be down. Yeah. Chris Paul comes in at age thirty-five and immediately just shocks the culture and changes everything. And then, you know, Devin Booker becomes a superstar. DeAndre Ayton is turning into a beast like this. This is a scary team. Now, I don't know how, I don't know how long they will be this great of a team because, you know, Chris Paul has only got, you know, a couple years left, but. I mean, that's fair. And, and one thing that's weird to think about is a lot of these guys on this team are so young. They kind of grew up watching Chris Paul. Yes. Like, you, you like just imagine that you're growing up watching this this talent this this all-star all your your young adult life then you get to the NBA and this guy's now like of course in his waning years but he's not your teammate he's your leader and I think that kind of helps this team a lot when you watch him play they kind of fight for him and let him really run the offense and run the team whereas maybe before on teams some guys may not have respected Chris Paul that much you know what I mean where Maybe he's he's not the he's not this big like in your face like intimidating guy you wouldn't think. So maybe maybe the fact that this team is young and it's it's got him at the nucleus that kind of helps them. Yeah, it's like they're they're sponges that just kind of soak up the the knowledge that he has because he's certainly I, I would say an all time great point guard. Uh, I would yeah. argue probably in the top five all time even without a ring. Now with a ring, I guess you know it becomes an even more important discussion, like where would he rank with a ring all time? And I actually talked about this on my last podcast, like all time right now, I think he's probably fifth. 
all time on among point guards because I would I put Magic Johnson at number one. Uh, Steph Curry would be two for me. He's the greatest shooter of all time. And then this is where you can kind of have that debate. I have John Stockton at three, Isaiah Thomas at four, and then Chris Paul. And then with a ring, yeah. does Chris Paul maybe catapult ahead of both Thomas and Stockton? I don't know. Maybe. That's that's the fun thing about watching these guys kind of chase championships and just, every, like you said, they get to have that discussion. Like, where do you sit after you get that championship? It certainly might, like you said, kind of make them leapfrog over them. But then let's circle back to the other team, the finals, the Bucks, because I saw you – uh, it was on some social media platform. Do you have it out for Giannis? Are you not a big Giannis uh, guy? So listen, I don't think that Giannis is a is a top five player in the league. Okay. That might that might seem kind of crazy, but you know, because obviously he just put up back to back forty point games in the finals. But my yeah. thing is though is like it's a shooter's league, and this man can't even hit a free throw. This guy's airballing. He's, this guy's airballing free throws. Like he doesn't need to be you know, Steph Curry from the three-point line. But, you know, if he can be like LeBron, who LeBron's not known for his shooting, but LeBron is respectable from three. Like if you left LeBron open, he will make a three-pointer. Giannis, you could leave open and 11 times out of 10, he's going to miss probably. I mean, that's that, those are all valid points. I mean, he definitely struggles shooting. I just think maybe top five in the league is a stretch for Giannis. However, when people doubt that he's like great, I don't think that's that he's a bad I, player at all, no. Oh, yeah, no, but that's that's what I kind of draw the line with is when people like, constantly clown him for missing shots. It's 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 weird because when you think of like what Shaquille O'Neal was good at, Shaquille O'Neal was like a dominant player down low, rebound, big man, everything. When you think of how he compares to Giannis, sure, Giannis does not have the same body type. Sure, the way he goes about things is different, and it's more of a driving game for Giannis and everything, but – I mean, he's having that same similar impact. Where I, I actually kind of agree he, with that, yeah. Like, when you think of who Giannis compares to, he is absolutely unmatchable down low. And it's as soon as he gets out of the paint, as soon as he just creeps a little bit further towards that three-point line, that's when things start going haywire. And when he, like you touched on the free throws, I think he honestly should just walk up and almost catch and shoot them. Yeah, like, like one as, dribble, as quick as you one could. rhythm dribble and shoot it. As quick as you could, honestly, like, like let that be the meme of, oh my gosh, look at how fast he shoots. Because I think on he sits up there and almost gets in his own head at times. Well, and where plus you have tens, tens of thousands of people counting to 10 counting as, as he's dribbling and going through his routine. There's no way you don't hear that. No, and he even said in an interview after a game once, I think, and recently, I think he said it where he said, of course you hear it. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of people in here counting, but I think he would do himself a big favor if he kind of just cleared his mind, walk up, like you said, maybe one dribble, catch and shoot. And you can't be doing much worse than he's doing right now. He's really struggling. Like you're getting paid too much money to like, I could step up there. I'm not an NBA player. You're not an NBA player, but we could both go up there and not airball a free throw. I think. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to hit the rim. Like, I'm not going to put anything. I am a very unathletic basketball player, but uh, I minimally, probably... I, minimally I can shoot free throws because I know no one's guarding me. And yeah, granted there's thousands of people watching me and, you know, either cheering or booing or whatever, but 
I think yeah. that I could make more free throws out of 10 than Giannis. Oh, I, and he's getting paid, I, you know, $40 million or whatever he's getting paid to do this. So. Yeah. I, I feel for him at times. Cause I mean, there's a lot of pressure, but at the end of the day, I mean, you're pro athlete, you gotta go out there and perform, especially in a big moment like the NBA finals. I think he's going to figure it out. What he's got to do is just make sure, although he's not finishing, this is one thing I was thinking about the other night watching the game. He's not converting those fouls into points, but they are getting players like Aiton into foul trouble. Right. With his ability to drive and make that contact. So as long as he can not get banged up doing that, and as long as he can keep drawing fouls, the free throw, I think you can live with him still struggling a little bit. Obviously it'd be ideal if he's netting all these free throws. It's handfuls of more points per game, but I think they can live with. I mean, even if he at least, you know, shoots 50% from the free throw line, but he's shooting like 30% from the free throw line. I was going to say, it's so, got to be, it's got to be sub 40, something like that. I mean, like Shaq, I think had a better free throw percentage than, than Giannis does and, right now. And and it's, it's, there's time for him to figure it out too. He's young, but right. I just, yeah. Like, I, but he's got just get, this off season, this off season, he doesn't need to worry about getting stronger because he's already a force. He doesn't need to worry about finishing at the rim or anything like that. He just needs to shoot. Stay in the gym and shoot. Like exactly. free throw line and further out. Like you just need to work on shooting. You, you need to make a thousand shots a day. Like that's what you got to yeah. do. Uh, and he needs to shoot in more rhythm. His shooting motion is also too slow because you can tell he's just sitting there. He's like, obviously you, you, you're trying to aim, but like he is like, it's like throwing a dart at a dartboard. Like he's taking his time and he's like, he's staring it down. Like he just needs to shoot it. It's got to just be a sixth sense for him to just toss the ball up. And I guess now this leads us into how do you think this series is going to go? I mean, has, has, has your opinion changed at all as these games have unfolded? So I think game three, I think everything kind of, everything that happened like needed to happen for the Bucks to win, like, the Suns kind of shot the ball kind of poorly. Devin Booker didn't play very well at all. CP3 was all right. You know, he had a handful of turnovers. And, you know, Giannis had 40. And you had Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, who had, like, decent performances. Like, all three of those players from Milwaukee need to be on for them to even have a chance to win. And and then, you know, it just so happened that Devin Booker, you know, shot pretty poorly from the three-point line, which really helps. So... I think game three was kind of the perfect conditions for Milwaukee to win, but I don't envision that happening, you know, two games in a row where Devin Booker is just completely off, you know, game four, they have to win because they're typically pretty good on their home floor. They can do a nice job defensively, but if they don't win game four, you can, you can kiss the championship goodbye because there's no way you're winning in Phoenix. No, I was going to say three, one's kind of the kiss of death. And I, what, what, what kind of blew my mind the other day watching game three was, and I think I texted you this shortly after the game. I've never seen more in and out shots for a team. Right. Like that's Phoenix just not going to happen two games like it, in a row. It was, it was almost like a video game glitch or something where every time it's and even Devin Booker was, it seemed like the most snake bitten by it. Every time he would take a jump shot or a layup just in and out. And it was, it was brutal to watch, but. I, I, I definitely see your point about how the the Bucks need to have so many different factors go true for them to to win. It's 
to me, it's it's got to fall on their guards. It, the guards have got to be better defensively because those first two games, especially game two, they were getting shredded yes. defensively. I mean, so many open shots at the perimeter. And you, you just can't let a team like Phoenix do that. There's too many good players on their team. I mean, of course, you're at the finals, so there's good players on either team, but so many good shooters on Phoenix to leave open. You've got yeah. to get a hand in the face. you got to hedge some screens, fight over some screens. And to me, it just came too easy to Phoenix in game two. I like the way the Bucks responded in game three, but I want to see a good series. I still think the Bucks are going to find a way to pull this series. I just have a feeling that more times than not, we're going to get – some of the perfect storms for the Bucks to win down the stretch in this series. I think Bucks in seven for me. So if they win game four, which is, is, is it tonight? I believe so. I believe tonight. Yeah. I so, so if By they the, win the tonight, it makes this, yeah, it, it makes tonight. it very interesting because you could lose game five in Phoenix and then be back, you know, in Milwaukee for a game um, six. Yeah, they so back up. Like you, you have to win tonight. If, though. Well, if if they lose tonight, I think that's I think it's so it's over. So I, I do think I I did say Suns and six when I started the series, and obviously, like we didn't know how Giannis was going to be because he was he was hurt coming in. It looked like he basically just shattered his leg, and he's somehow yeah. miraculously is playing like the Greek freak again. But. Mm-hmm. I said Suns and six, even with a healthy Giannis. So I think they'll get game four tonight. Suns will win game five. I could see it going to seven games, but I'm still going to pick the Phoenix Suns if it goes to seven. So you think the Suns would close it out? You have faith that the Suns would close it out in Milwaukee. I, I'm going to stick to that because it was my original prediction, but I would – like I would be willing to accept defeat on the fact that like if they, if it goes to seven games, like I'm not going to be mad about that. Like, I think, yeah. I think a game seven in Phoenix would favor the Suns, obviously. Yeah, I, I believe so too. But like I said before, I just feel like even in Phoenix, I feel like they still have a game where you're going to get that perfect storm of the, the bucks firing on all cylinders. And Aiton is the key. If they can keep getting him in foul trouble, and frustrating him down low, that really does take away a huge option for Phoenix, yeah. especially with how he's played. Well, this and year. he doesn't. And Aiton doesn't even really need to score all that much for the yeah. Suns to win. He just rebounds the ball so well, and so that like he creates so many extra possessions. So yep. if you're taking him out of the game, then now the Bucks get more possessions. So you know that that helps. So uh, yeah, I think Aiton is kind of that wild card. Yeah. And, but Giannis, though, I still think he needs, he probably needs to score 40 a night because, you know, if he's scoring in the 20 range, he is not reliable as a shooter. So, you know, it's not like he can get going that way. If he, if he can't get it going in the paint, you, I mean, you're done if you're Milwaukee. So, like, he, he's, you got to key in on that if you're Phoenix. For me, I think Aiton's kind of the X factor for, and it's an easy one to say for Phoenix. I think Middleton's the X factor for the, the Bucks. game two. What did he play like 40 plus minutes and had 11 points? That's just not enough from the guy that's advertised to be your score. And, and I mean, like of course, Giannis two. is going to get a bunch of points. Yeah. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Giannis is going to get those, those 35, 40 points uh, regularly throughout a season, but Middleton really is that, that gunner at the number two position. 
and you you've got to and you've got to get him going. He can't go. He's not a big defensive guy. He can't really give you much more than than his scoring. So if he's not getting more than I don't know, maybe twenty ish points. He's I, he's I think he's got to have twenty plus. He's got he's got to. Same <laughs> same thing with day. like Drew Holiday too. Like I think Drew Holiday needs to have twenty plus. With him, I think there's a trade off. With him, I think he's a good defender and he can maybe rest on his defense a little bit more. But with Middleton, I don't think there's as much there on defense. And for that reason, I think anytime you're looking at his points scored and it's not above twenty, that's a red flag for him. Yeah, that's that's fair. So how how do you feel about game four tonight? Do you think it, you think Bucks? I think the Bucks will win. I think that I think the Bucks will carry this out at home. I think they'll finish the job here. I say finish the job. There's a lot more to go in the series. Right, but I think but they'll, they'll take I care of your home these, floor. Yeah, I think they'll claim the two games at home, and then we'll see where we go from there. But I I expect a I expect another big game from Middleton. Like like we just got done talking about, he's got to have a big game for them to really stand a chance. But I I, I find it I find it really unlikely that he'll go out on home floor and not put up numbers. I think that's going to will him to and kind of do his job. The Bucks at home defensively, they do a really good job of locking teams down. And also, I don't know what it is about like the Bucks arena, but there's also this kind of mystique about it where like players will be wide open and they'll just clank shots. So like it's not yeah. even about the defense sometimes. It's just sometimes like they're just missing shots that are wide open. It's like, so like, it's like Seattle or something like the Legion, like the Legion of the 12th man, the sixth right. man out there for, for the Bucks maybe is out there. The crowd willing them to victory. So, yeah, like, so maybe that can help out the Bucks where, you know, the Suns have another bad night shooting the ball where it seems like everything just rattling out and, uh, you know, they get that in their favor too, but it's a must win tonight. Otherwise it's, I think done, you know, in a couple of days. Could be curtains. That wraps up part one of a three-part series with Andrew Price and myself talking about the NBA Finals, and we both believe that the Milwaukee Bucks will even up the series with the Phoenix Suns at two games apiece after game four tonight. Uh, He has the Milwaukee Bucks in seven games. I have the Phoenix Suns in six games, uh, but I believe that, you know, it it could go to seven. Would not be surprised if it went to a, a game seven in the finals, but he's got the Bucks. I've got the Suns. Uh, in the next episode, episode 139, we're going to talk about the Stanley Cup finals, the NHL playoffs, and some, kind of some controversy uh, that went on there throughout the playoffs and a really interesting kind of controversial topic uh, that we're going to dive into. Also some talk about Major League Baseball uh, with big market teams, small market teams, their salary caps and and or I guess the lack thereof of a salary cap, things like that. So you're going to hear more from Andrew Price and me soon on Friday. Make sure you follow me on social media. All of it is going to be linked in the episode bio or description, I should say. You can rate and review the show on iTunes, like and comment on SoundCloud. You can subscribe on SoundCloud as well. And if you get your music on Spotify, You can also look me up there as well if that's a more convenient place for you to listen. This is WFS, The Will Ford Show.